Welcome to Life on the Hill. If this is your first time joining us, this podcast is intended for Hamilton College students and the Hamilton College community to hear the voices of people committed to the success of Hamilton College students. My name is Travis Hill and I'm the host of this program. In this episode, we hear from Hannah Stubley and Kevin Alexander, two of our three Alex advisors. Hannah, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's really nice to have you both. So if you've ever listened to the podcast, it's okay if you haven't. I always like to start with the same question, what brought you to Hamilton? But one thing that's cool about both of you is this is not your first time coming to Hamilton to work here. You were both undergraduate students here as well. And I've been here for long enough that I knew you both as students. So that's kind of fun for me. I'd love for you to start by talking about what brought you to Hamilton as an undergraduate, and then we'll talk about what brought you to Hamilton again. So Hannah, would you get us started? Sure. Yeah, for me, this is, this is kind of a, a two-part answer. Uh, the first time I ever stepped foot on the hill. So what brought me to Hamilton was Richie Havens. Really? I, yeah. I was in high school and when I was a kid, my routine was to get up really early and read the Observer Dispatch, the local Utica paper. And on Thursdays, they have, it's called The Scene, and it's a local insert that tells you all of like the arts and cultural events happening uh, nearby. So one Thursday morning when I was in high school, I'm reading The Scene at six o'clock in the morning, and I saw that Richie Havens was going to be at Hamilton College that night. So I ran upstairs, woke up my parents. I wasn't old enough to drive, and I'm like, Richie Havens is at Hamilton College tonight. Can we go? And my mom was like, who? And I'm like, we'll deal with this later. Like we need to give her a music history lesson. And my dad was like, sure. What time? And so that night when I got home from school, we drove up to the Hill and I had never really heard of Hamilton college before then, even though I grew up, grew up in Ilion about 20 minutes away. It was a distant place. Like no one I had known went to school there. Liberal arts was not on my radar. I didn't know what the NESCACs were because I'm a, I'm a first generation student. So we came, we came up to the hill, saw Richie Havens in the events barn for what, from what I later learned was a cab acoustic coffee house. And yeah. So then a few years later, I was at Herkimer County Community College working on my associate's degree. And actually, uh, was taking some gender studies classes. And Herkimer was one of the first community colleges to have a gender studies program, which was pretty cool. And I had never even heard of the field. Again, first gen college student, you know, I thought you could major in maybe history, science, or math, just subjects that we had had in high school. And, you know, gender studies just really opened up my my eyes. And I subscribed to Ms. Magazine, which is a magazine founded in 1972 by Gloria Steinem. And that that fall in 2009, it was the 2009 Guide to Women's Studies Programs. And Hamilton College was listed. And I'm like, oh, Hamilton, that's where I saw Richie Havens. Huh, I should go take a tour. And so kind of on a whim, I took a tour and sat in on Professor Laxamana's Women, Gender, and Pop Culture class. And when I was sitting in on that class, I looked around, it was in the red pit. Everyone had their books. Everyone like was asking amazing questions. There was awesome dialogue. And that's when the open curriculum just like, I had that light bulb moment. I was like, oh, this is what the open curriculum is. And this is a place that I, I wanna be. 
coming from a, a state institution, you have to fulfill a lot of general education requirements. And they're often framed as, oh, you've got to check these boxes, not how you can make the connections between the requirements for the gen ed and your major. And, you know, touring Hamilton, sitting in on that class and just seeing seeing the engagement, I was like, oh, it's all about how how all, all things connect and in, inter, intertwine. So that, that's kind of how I wound up at Hamilton for, for my undergrad. I, I applied and I was actually a transfer student. So I came in spring of sophomore, my sophomore year. But yeah, it was Richie Havens, who was my first introduction to, to the Hill. Okay. You said a lot of really important things and I don't want to disregard those or invalidate those. Mm-hmm. But what year was Richie Havens here? How did I miss Richie Havens? Probably... I can look it up later, uh, probably like 2006, 2007. I was here. What? Richie Havens is incredible. What was I doing? Why was I not reading the Observer Dispatch at six o'clock in the morning? (laughs) Because obviously I made poor decisions in my life. Yeah, seeing someone who, for those of you who don't know, Richie Havens was the first act at Woodstock to, so to see someone who, you know, performs in front of 500,000 strong, to borrow from Joni Mitchell, in the barn with a hundred people. I mean, what an incredible opportunity. I'm so jealous and, and knowing that I was four seconds away from being able to mm-hmm. be at that. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> a lot of questioning to do after this. So thanks for nothing, but nonetheless, that's awesome and makes a lot of sense. And so thank you for sharing that. So we'll, I'll, I'll harken back to some of the things you talked about when we get later on in our conversation, but I would love to hear the second part of the story, Hannah, of what brought you back to Hamilton. Yeah, what brought me back to Hamilton, it's definitely full circle for me. I was actually working at Herkimer County Community College, which was a cool full circle moment. I was in a similar role as an academic success coach, which was great. It was a grant-funded position, so then my position changed, so I was doing some more work in the international programming, kind of behind-the-scenes technical assistant admissions work. So I was in a different role, and I was looking for something something more student-centered, which I had been doing, and came across the, the posting for the Alex advisor role, which was actually almost about a year ago to the day today. And I really loved the equity aspect of the posting. I could really see how this this role could fill the the equity gap in terms of assigning every incoming student a go-to person. Because, you know, as research shows, like Professor Chambliss's book, How College Works, you know, personal connections are the central mechanisms to college life. Like that, that's you know, one of one of his ideas from the book. So having the connections to help people navigate institutions and me being in this role as someone who's first gen was super excited to apply and super excited that this initiative was happening. So I saw the posting and I was just like, oh, this is all of the things that I, I want to be doing. And it also intersects with my background in, in women's studies. I definitely think that the ethos of the Alex initiative are based in some feminist pedagogy. So that really excited me. That's wonderful. And we're fortunate to have you back. Thank you. Speaking of people we're fortunate to have back, Kevin, it's your turn to tell your story about what originally brought you to Hamilton as an undergrad. Similar to Hannah, my original journey to Hamilton started in my youth, I'd say. It was 2006 with the Underground Cafe, and I met some Hamilton students who started this really cool project. It was my freshman year in high school. 
And that was my intro to A, some of the cool things that Hamilton students get to do, but then I would say more so the cool people that come to Hamilton. And getting to work with them, doing some projects in Utica, it really opened my eyes a lot, not only to my own community, but to different ways to perceive what I was seeing. And that helped me out a lot. And coming up to campus a few times for like the uh, college prep program, I'm spending the night here for the diversity overnight program, getting to hang out with people like Baldwin, who showed me that there was a piano practice room and a studio on campus. And I was really into music at the time. So seeing stuff like that on campus was eye-opening for me, but then also being from Utica and also being a first-gen student, I thought it was really out of the purview for me. I didn't think it was going to be a possibility for me to come to a place like Hamilton until I met Ms. Breland, one of the most phenomenal people I've ever met in my life, who came to Utica. We met in the library in Proctor High School, and she told me about the Opportunity Programs Department here at Hamilton. She let me know how much it helps financially, but then also the additional supports that it gives with the, the tutors, with the summer program, things like that. And it was really interesting. Interesting enough that about three weeks later, I applied early decision. And that was pretty much my journey to Hamilton. That's great. Was Richie Havens involved by any chance? No, but Downbeat Keys was. Ah, Downbeat Keys. Oh, also yeah, they excellent taste. They performed a night that we came up to campus and seeing that concert also in the barn was definitely a, a deal seller for me. I love it. I love it. I love that music is a big central part of what brought both of you here. That's wonderful. All right, Kevin. So then keep the story going. What brought you back to us? A journey back. So previously I was working in the opportunity programs department at Utica College, which was a great full circle moment for me. I was in a program called the Young Scholars Program in Utica, which is a phenomenal program that helps students not only look forward to college, but also get ready for college. And being a part of that program, having connections to Utica College, it was a great feeling to be able to go back there and then also work in a program that helped me as a student here at Hamilton. So working in that position, I got to do some amazing things with the students, but similar to Hannah, I was kind of looking for an opportunity to not only get back on the hill, but to be in a position to have more of an impact on the students on a larger scale. Like the Opportunity Programs Department is phenomenal, but it's a small part of the student population. And there's a lot of other students who need a lot of other supports that may not be a part of student groups or student organizations like that. So being able to help students and having an opportunity to be the person that I needed while I was on campus, those are the things that really enticed me a lot to apply for the position as an Alex advisor. It's cool that you both have your own individual full circle moments in addition to this one at Hamilton. All that said, I am fascinated to hear how you would describe what your role is in the Alex initiative. Sure. A quick analogy that I'll give, and I, I will keep saying it until I find out which professor said it so I can give them credit so I can type my sources, but they said, if you think of Hamilton like a library, then your Alex advisor is the librarian. Like we can help you find resources, but then we can also help you figure out how you want to use those resources across campus, just to kind of be better prepared and be more intentional about some of the things that you want to get involved in and have the experience that you want to have on the Hill. That's so good. And so do you want to talk about, Hannah, you can either add to that, or if you want to talk a bit about what it's been like so far, choosing how to go about being this librarian role. Yeah, something to add to that is, I think that 
for me, my background in women's studies, I, I, I like to do a lot of reading on like feminist theory and bring that into my daily practice. And a lot of my work is informed by Bell Hooks's work and one of her great books, uh, Teaching to Transgress. She talks about how a lot of knowledge acquisition comes from dialogue. And that's that's kind of where I see us Alex advisors coming into play. It's just being a person that students can come and have a conversation with and we're active listeners and engaged in this dialogue with and learning alongside with the students of how to guide them to resources or or just be that be that year. That's great. And so how do you two feel having been a Hamilton student yourselves has influenced your approach to this work? I would say in a lot of ways, having experience on this campus really helps in that I kind of understand sort of the day-to-day constant go that comes along with being a Hamilton student. And then the perception of you have to constantly be on the go. You have to constantly be doing something. I can understand that having gone through it, but then also being on the other side, understanding that that's not necessarily the case and you're not supposed to go all the time. So being able to step back and kind of reflect on some of the experiences that I had here definitely helped. Then I also take into account the fact that this isn't my Hamilton anymore. I'm a few years removed from my Hamilton experience and it's the students on campus, it's their Hamilton now. So being in a position to help them figure out what experience they wanna have and to make this their Hamilton, I think is part of our role. Yep, that's great, that makes sense. What about you, Hannah? Yeah, that, that's a that's a great question. I think like like Kevin said, it, it it changes, which is great. So it's kind of it's cool to see what what has changed since we've been here. But just like having the knowledge of like what it felt like to be a student at a school like Hamilton, and then having the ten years removed, having really reflected on that. One of the things that we've been having a lot of conversations with lately is like, how can we slow down? and like get this messaging to our students. Kevin and I are planning a workshop for the spring on this about slowing down. And one one of the books I was just reading, they said, we shouldn't think about how we should make time for things, but how we should change time. So how can we change time and prioritize and set goals? So we're being intentional about what we're doing. So our day-to-day is more more balanced and not as stressful because yeah it's being a Hamilton student's not not easy absolutely yeah the being a traditional age let alone a non-traditional age but you know we obviously typically have traditional age college students it's a tumultuous time in the best of circumstances let alone if there are additional challenges so it's interesting because you are exclusively with first years you are showing up before they even know they need you which is kind of the point right and able to in live time to have kind of the wealth of knowledge and experience that you bring to bear at their fingertips from the first moment are you finding that students are finding that helpful I was just reading The Spectator this morning, and one of my students was quoted in there about they've been taking time to like step back and be more mindful and create balance. So I, I looked over to Kevin. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is this is cool uh, to see it play out. That's great. 
Yeah, I'd piggyback off that. I think the students that we met with so far have been receptive to having an Alex advisor. Or Hannah Janine and I really didn't know what to expect coming into it, being a new initiative. We didn't know what the student's perceptive of it was going to be, having another advisor there to support them. But it's been really positive so far, I could say, with the interactions we've had with our students. That's good. First of all, thank you for acknowledging Janine. Janine Oliver is also doing this role. Janine had the opportunity to be on the podcast in her previous role. And so I let her off the hook this time and, and highlighted you two wonderful folks. But Janine is also doing this work and we appreciate her as well. Yeah, I, I like that. And I recognize that there will be a population of students who show up with a level of cultural competence or who at some later point decide, like, actually, I do need this resource. Like uh, Emma, Emma Mata Yunus would say, you know, put my information on a magnet on your fridge. You may not need it today, but when that day comes, pull that magnet and make that call and I'll be there. And you all can serve in that role as well. But, you know, it's interesting, the, the analogy that I was given from Corey Smith, who's an alum of Hamilton, uh, was that we historically have just stood our students next to the jungle and given them a machete and said, your future's in there. And you all are kind of instead taking on a different role. Instead of the librarian analogy, you hold a map and you say, I don't have any particular opinion on where you want to go on the map, but I'm here to help connect you to the right roads to take you on the journey that you want. Do, would you say that that's accurate? I would say that's another analogy I'm going to steal, but I know where to cite that one. <laughs> and I like how the map really ties into uh, one of the new advising softwares we're using, Compass, which is another great way to connect with students and connect with different folks across campus. I do want to ask, you know, you're working with our first year students. They have had a really rough run up with what's been happening in the world. And I imagine they are both incredibly enthusiastic to come here and be physically on campus and participate, but that they probably have a different set of challenges that they're dealing with because we're all struggling to some degree or another as the pandemic continues to go on and racial injustice continues to be a problem in our country and the, you know, the laundry list goes on. I'm just interested, how are you seeing that playing out? I think that's a great point and saying like, this is a great time to start the Alex Initiative. Coming out of the pandemic and being in quarantine for nearly two years, being virtual for nearly two years, I think these students had a very different junior and senior year in high school than we had. So being prepared for a Hamilton semester in person is a difficult shift. See, so yeah, I think it's a great time to have Alex advisors to be there to be able to support the students in a different way. Yeah, and I, I would add to that. I just went to a Levitt lunch talk that was about COVID and, and disparities, and it re relates to this, this conversation right now where just us being mindful that everyone comes from a different place. And some people may have had, you know, may have been able to go to school in person because they, they come from places where they could do testing and, and whatnot. And some other folks, you know, may not have had internet at home and had to be virtual. So just being mindful of how our intersecting identities come to play on campus and that 
everyone is starting from a, a different place and, and just being aware of our own positionality as advisors and students' positionality and helping remind the students who maybe came from a place where they were remote and isolated and you know didn't have great internet or, or whatnot that they, they belong here, even if they may have a sense of imposter syndrome uh, right now. Like how can we have those conversations about all of these things? Yeah, and one of my favorite things to say to the students um, in those positions is that Hamilton chose you just as much as you chose Hamilton. Um, so always reminding them like you're you're here because you're meant to be here. Yeah, the imposter syndrome thing is interesting. One of the goals of the podcast in general is to just normalize experience. That it is fascinating how easy it is to both be very aware of yourself while also struggling to see that everyone also is in that boat. And that I, we've probably never done a survey about this, but I'd be fascinated at what percentage of students, if they were being fully honest with themselves, would say that they experience imposter syndrome or self-doubt or however you want to define it. I would guess the percentage is far beyond a majority. So I would be in that percentage. Absolutely. Me, yeah, me too. And me too today. Like I don't, you know, not yeah. <laughs> even, even from moment to moment in my life now. So Hannah, I appreciate that you made a comment about how people are coming from all kinds of different lived experiences, all kinds of different intersecting identities. And you two, while you didn't graduate, you know, eons ago, you have a little bit of distance and I bet even you experience a recognition about how much more diverse our student population is even from when you were undergraduates to some degree and when I meet alums who are decades out they are blown away at how much more diverse and I'm just interested in how your conversations are or how you anticipate they will be over time as we try to help our community be better and interacting with each other across difference. Yeah, this is something I, I think about a lot. And I think that our some of our workshops really, really reflect this. Last week, we led a workshop called Navigating the Hidden Curriculum. So the hidden curriculum are the unwritten rules and norms of, of college. And I think the awareness that everyone is coming from a, a different place and something that might be hidden for one student that is visible for another. And just having that awareness of different different lived experience and intersecting identities and just having that conversation is, is a great place to start. In a couple of weeks, I'll be facilitating another workshop and it's just a conversation circle on home. So I often think of home and like, what does it mean? Who can define home? Is home a place or a feeling? And how does your relationship or your conception of home change as you become a college student? And I think that this particular workshop will, like myself, like as a first generation college student, like I would go home, right? And my family would be like, oh, you talk smart now. Uh -huh. <laughs> Like, like, let's unpack that. Like, right. What, what does, what does that mean? And then living in, you know, the borderlands of those spaces, like, you know, driving home 20 minutes away when I was a college student to back to campus, two very different worlds. So just, just having these, these dialogues, I think are a great place to start on and continue the conversation on. 
diverse experiences of, of campus. Yeah, I love that. I, we have had conversations through the years, Maria Hannah Holmes and I, about that concept of finding home. And it's interesting because not all of our students feel like Hamilton's home. Many of them that do, it takes longer than you would expect or that you might want, if at all. And to a, an excellent additional point, being at Hamilton may make your other homes feel different and create even more circumstances where you feel like you need to code switch. So that's just, that's a, that's a fascinating point that I hadn't thought as much about. Kevin, did you want to add to this topic? Uh, sure. I think one of the things that I'm really passionate about, I think just came out in the conversation a bit, was connecting my own home and finding ways to connect it with the overall Hamilton community or just the general community around Hamilton. I feel like Part of the reasons that, at least in my experience, being a student at Hamilton, students felt that it wasn't as diverse on campus as it was in the surrounding communities. So finding ways to connect with the other diverse populations in the community. I think there are a lot of ways that we can do that. I mean, there are some meaningful ways that are already happening on campus. So I think promoting those and finding ways for students to find out that they're not isolated in the Hamilton bubble. Like, yes, Hamilton is on a hill, but it's a lot going on down the hill as well. So really promoting that to students and finding ways to connect the local communities with the Hill. I like that. And, you know, it's interesting because when I say that Hamilton has become more diverse, you know, this is our society continues to be incredibly segregated. But there are certainly students who come here and think, wow, this is the most build any or you could pick any identity, but let's say people of color or socioeconomic status, there's probably a lot of dissonance for our students, I'm sure, and a variety of other things. But then there are also people coming from the opposite communities where they're like, wow, I've never seen this many white people, or I've never, you know, there's a, just any direction that's all coming together and converging here. And that doesn't happen in very many places in our society right now. So it's a real opportunity and one that our students should see as an additional aspect to their opportunity to learn. One of the things as someone who holds many identities that are privileged that I am aware of is the potential anxiety to not mess it up. That one of the things that I worry is that well-intentioned people avoid these conversations just out of fear of saying the wrong thing or offending someone and how we help our students kind of push through that nervousness or anxiety because you'll never get good at it without practicing as is the case with everything else there's a lot of opportunities to step out of your bubble or step out of your comfort zone at, at hamilton aside from the student organizations and the academics given the open curriculum i think they're Socially, there are a lot of ways that students can step out of their comfort zone. And I think it's promoted at Hamilton. I think we expect that. So I think working with the students to let them know, like, we expect you to step out of your comfort zone. We're also here to support you. And we also expect that you'll kind of grow from it in one way or another. I think just working with the students through that, like you said, is something that I'm interested in and something I'm excited about. That's good. Yeah, I think one of the things that I often describe in those moments is I call it my fragility reflex and it's that like oh I'm in a conversation with someone that I don't know how to say the right words and I recognize it in myself because I use a lot of extra words 
and because I'm just trying not to possibly offend someone. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, if you come into conversations with folks from a place of goodwill, it's just known, it's recognized. So those mistakes are a lot less significant because people know that you're trying to, it's entirely different when you're just ignorantly out there just saying whatever. But when you're trying to be a thoughtful person in a conversation, mistakes happen, but people are usually pretty understanding about that. So I'm so appreciative of your time. You have such great experiences. You've already shared a number of things that you are actively doing to help students and what you will in the future continue to do to help students. But what other sage advice, whether that's as an alum, as an Alex advisor, or just a person in the Hamilton community, would you really like to get across? Yeah, one one piece of advice as, a, as an alum, I would say there's so many things happening on campus. And sometimes it, it may seem hard to, you know, carve out the time to, to go to them, but go to an event of something that you don't have a clue about. You might, you might go to that and it might spark something, maybe not in the moment, but maybe years later. For example, one of my first days on, on the Hill as a student, I saw Dorothy Allison speak in the Science Center, and I didn't know who she was at the time, but her work has really been really informative to me uh, personally and in research that I like to do. There's just so many great opportunities opportunities to to see so many speakers and yeah I would just I would just say go 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 to things like when I when I got to grad school for example I would be reading texts of people that I got to you know have dinner with because they they spoke on campus and just hearing a theorist speak in real life really just like bring brings theory alive so yeah my advice would be go to something even if you don't know what it is yet I love that. That's great advice. What about you, Kevin? For me, I think the best advice I can give would be, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but to slow down and kind of recognize the moment. Like you're you're doing something right now as a Hamilton student. You're doing a great thing right now as a Hamilton student. So like recognize it and recognize the people you're around and the environment that you're in. Like I admittedly kind of rushed through my Hamilton experience, but looking back, I'm a first generation college graduate who had a daughter in my first year and I made it through Hamilton and I didn't really take the time to reflect on that while I was on the hill but afterwards you kind of have time to think about those things so I think as a student just kind of take some time to slow down and recognize the fact that you're doing something amazing right now that's wonderful it is interesting it's it's easy to view college in this means to an end vision you know you're like I have these future goals and this is how I get there but there is a need to recognize that this is in and of itself a thing and it's an accomplishment getting here in the first place regardless of where you came from and how you got here is an accomplishment and each step that you take is a building block but that building block is a moment is a skill is a thing that's happening in real time that you can take a moment to be proud of and to really reflect on, which is a big part of what you all are here for, is that it's not just skill development and whatnot. It's just being a sounding board and providing opportunity to hold up a mirror and say, let's let's think about what's going on for you right now and where you hope that will head and what that, what that has meant for you. So I, I love that you're 
that you're the people doing this work and that this work is now being done at Hamilton. I think it's such a huge asset to the experience. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So before we close, I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything. Is there anything else that we should talk about that can be advice or it can just be a topic that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, we haven't really touched on it yet, but we're, I'm not sure when it'll come out, but we're not trying to exclude the other years that are on campus. We are working exclusively with first years for now, but we're trying to figure out other ways to include and work with the upperclassmen on campus because they're the experts in terms of the advising climate on campus, if there are any gaps, any barriers or things that are working great that we should promote more. So we're working with them in community cafes. We have a few interns working with us. So we're really trying to incorporate the student voice as much as possible as we develop the Alex initiative over the next few years. That's great. That's great. Thanks for that. And you're only three people. And so and the first year class is bigger than we expected. And so you want to do all the things, but you also have to have time in your day to have some balance as well, right? Yeah, and the, the only other thing I would add to kind of drawing off a, a point from Kevin earlier, I think both Kevin and I being local and growing up local, not to speak for you, Kevin, but I think that some advice I would give to students is to get off the hill, like explore the area. I think central New York gets a bad rap. Like I, I hear from people, oh, there's not much going on here. And it's like, yeah, there is, you, you know, just just a matter of seeking what you like to do out and finding those communities and, and being intentional about it. So I think that would be my piece of advice too, is to, to leave the hill, explore beyond Quinton. There, there's a lot, a lot here. Kevin's head, you, the, the listeners won't be able to appreciate how vigorously Kevin nodded at that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hamilton can be a bubble sometimes, but being a Utica native and proud resident of Cornhill, I always advocate for people to get off the hill as much as possible and come visit my hill every now and then. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both for taking the time. And as I've already said, thank you both for doing this job. It's such an important job and it's one that I think is really going to help our students navigate all that Hamilton has to offer in the way that fits each of them individually the best way possible. This is a hard thing and we all need meaningful people in our lives to help us to help us figure out the path from time to time. And so students, I really hope that you take advantage of Alex advisors throughout your experience because they are, that's what they're here for. So thank you, Hannah and Kevin for joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Travis. And thanks for doing this podcast. I'm, I'm an active listener. I really like your intro music. Just wanted to give that a, a shout out. Thank you. I appreciate it. It comes really just from the place that I create it from, but I chose it from option. So I get a tiny bit of credit. <laughs> no, I, I like it. It flows. Thanks. I appreciate that. And that means a lot coming from you because I know how much of a music connoisseur you are beyond just Richie Havens. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thanks a ton. That was Kevin Alexander and Hannah Stubley two of our three Alex advisors. Stay tuned for future episodes. This is Life on the Hill.